Ready, Lou? Five, four, three. Welcome to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone featuring Lorraine. And Louie. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. And today we're talking with the Gauchos from Gaucho's Sacred oh, Flavors. Oh. <laughs> So just in case you didn't know, a gaucho or a gaucho is a skilled horseman reputed to be brave and unruly. The gaucho is a national symbol in Argentina, Uruguay, and far south region of Brazil. So we're going to bring on the gachitos right now. We've got Gerardo Avalos and Ricardo Guerrero, owners of Gaucho's Sacred Flavors at the Bunkhouse Saloon in downtown Las Vegas with us today. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. So what's up with the name Gaucho's Sacred Flavors? What does that mean to you? Oh, man, to us, it originally started off, we were looking for kind of to align with the Bunkhouse brand, which is a cowboy saloon. So... We didn't want to go too generic, and cowboy sounded a little boring, so we wanted to spice it up a little. So we're like, oh, South American cowboy, a gaucho. That's kind of how it started, but since then it's totally evolved into gaucho. Has, uh, we feel like we've channeled gaucho from some mystical plane. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely has its roots in, um, yeah, in the bunkhouse. Uh, saloon, the Western Saloon, and then kind of tying in our love and our history of the Latin culture too. There's an actual gaucho in my family. It's my mom's cousin, oh. and he's actually from Chile. And then uh, it's common for gauchos to actually be all over South America. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that tying in the South American roots into the food, we thought that'd be a really cool way to incorporate my culture. And then also Ricardo is Mexican, so we thought it could be. Yeah. That kind of originated into this, uh, Latinos. yeah, Latino <laughs> fusion love the Latinos. or Latinx, I guess it mm-hmm. is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and what are the sacred flavors, or is that just kind of everything that you know that is you, pasión? So I guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> sacred flavors came to mean to us, I guess, uh, flavors designed to awaken your taste buds to this new golden age upon us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We feel yeah, we, we get a little extra with things sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, we've really leaned into that and owned it, and that's really what we're trying to deliver as like a sacred experience through our food, and yeah, set people up with like a really immersive um, setting as far as like uh, the music, the energy is, the people you're with, and the food as well to complement all that and kind of round it off. And we hope to create these little magical moments in time for people in our little uh, backyard um, at the Bunkhouse Saloon with live music and everything, good food. They have a pretty magical backyard, I got to say. Yeah. And when, when <laughs> nice. Gerardo was first telling me about this concept. You in. Yeah. <laughs> when Gerardo was first telling me about this concept, I was like, oh my God, you guys are going to be the first like real good takeout window down there. Like really good, so Yay. yeah. And true enough, they Thank are. You. I saw the food, and Aww, you thank know. you so much. So and say, uh, I just oh. want to add on that piece. Um, I think everything we do has uh, there's kind of a dual concept that we kind of run. And so, with the per- first part of the question of 
of gauchos. Uh, it's much more than that. So we kind of do see it as this mystical sage, this poet, this sage, this philosopher. Um, it's He's almost like our guiding. Yeah, star. it's it's like one of our guides. It literally is. I feel like I can kind of tap into gaucho. Yeah, it's and really funny how that's become like that. How some people have their their mentors, their guides. Mm-hmm. Gaucho is totally uh, a nomadic, uh, wild, an archetype. It's it's totally the the, the divine masculine. It's the wild masculine. Yeah, when we're and pressed we kinda, with like uh, when we do need guidance, we are kind of like, what would gaucho do yeah. in this moment? And it kind of <laughs> <laughs> invokes like a. Like a, a badassness, yeah, badassness, like a primal, <laughs> right. sacred, masculine, almost. And like, yeah, we and got it, this. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's actually uh, it's a. I feel like he wanted to be channeled through, and even when we designed the logo, just the way the logo came about, and his uh, representation, the way he's sitting on the horse. I'll show you guys a picture right now. Um, the way he's sitting on his horse was so like you could even see like that's clearly gaucho. He wanted to be channeled. And with the sacred flavors, the second piece of that too is, is yeah, creating this, uh, this reverence because Ricardo and I both look at life. There's a sacred component to life that is a very, there's an underlying sacredness to all of life, whether it's through food, whether it's through relationships, whether it's through how you live your life. Um, and we wanted to kind of express that as well. That's so kind of like the second piece of it. You're talking about more than religion, that it's just like an overall spirituality. Yeah, just an overall just kind of a reverence for life. Yeah, religion, I guess, maybe no. has hijacked that uh, mm-hmm. feeling and kind of created like a middleman to God. Like, you got to come through us to talk to whatever you perceive God as. But yeah, kind of that like sacred energy that moves through the creative force that moves through the world and sparks life and makes us want to make cool things. <laughs> I didn't expect this to be so philosophical. <laughs> I love That's it. I mean, it's cool. Welcome to Gauchos. Welcome to Gauchos. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So how did this come about, this union? Oh, we actually um, met kind of recently, a couple years ago, I would say, and through a mutual friend. And uh, uh, awesome mutual friend, Adairskis. She'd love it. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Basically, Adair started Gauchos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but a friend that we love, she brought us together, Gerardo's old roommate actually, and I've known Adair for a while now, and um, we became really close though at this festival last year, a music festival called uh, Lightning in a Bottle out in California, and yeah, it just so happened that we ended up camping together, Gerardo and I, we were supposed to be part of a bigger camp with more friends, and we ended up driving together, we kind of got separated, or we came in late, or something like that, I forgot, but we ended up just kind of camping together on the, uh, like completely on the other opposite side of the festival from the rest of the friends, and so we just kind of, after a weekend of bonding over uh, an amazing, time <laughs> we came back like been looking for you where you been at brother <laughs> soul brother that's kind of the weekend yeah. that yeah became soul brothers <laughs> for sure and that was the first time that i had had uh in a long time a male friend that was kind of a little bit more carefree and a little bit more uh had this just inner joy and inner light um that was kind of missing from my other male friends that my other male friends are a little bit more serious a little bit more like business and this and a little bit just more um yeah a little bit just more a little different and uh just seeing that reflection was something that i kind of was definitely drawn to so and then 
was it that weekend that you guys were like, let's start a business together? <laughs> it was actually funny. We did come up. We had all these little like, I guess. We created a, that, that weekend. We created a lot. We had a lot of synchronistic uh, dynamics we had with people. We basically went around and we we kind of made it a mission at the festival to see how many people we could positively like glow up. Glow up, like glow is up. basically what it was. Go wow. make people smile. Like to, how many yeah, people can we make smile? That was the question That's of the, the weekend. The, the intention of the festival is just yeah to like create these little magical moments in time that hopefully people take with them and remember forever. Kind of, mm-hmm. and if you can impart like a little, even like solidify it with a little gift or we had like imaginary gifts <laughs> we developed a whole so one thing we developed was this like thing all called these phrases and we created like a little brand at that festival kind yeah of. <laughs> one thing we created that we were sharing with people we were going around and giving these keys away and they were imaginary keys at the first festival <laughs> but they were called positivity keys and okay. we were going around passing positivity pas- yeah positivity keys <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's something that we created together in that moment and just realized we could share with other people and make other people smile and bring joy to their experience at the festival. And through that experience, we realized we really enjoy that. And, um, and now we're pretty good at it. Now we're pretty good at it. Yeah. We make <laughs> people smile every day. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were kind of, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. We were kind of leaving, when we were leaving that festival, we were kind of like, we need to turn this into something. Uh, We need to go home and start a little business or something where we can kind of like spread that energy through like an actual form. Now, these guys, I was going to say, these guys are the complete opposite of, uh, you know, a bro culture in in the kitchen, you know? 100%. (laughs) Which is interesting because they're bro muses. Shout out to Joe Rogan for keeping the bros woke. It's masculine, not masculine. (laughs) So so the real sacred masculine is actually free-spirited and, you know, yeah. Yeah. He wants people to blow up. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, on the subject of true masculinity, we think it's found through, like, a more soft power and, like, connecting with your more feminine qualities to balance out all your masculinity. But if you just... I would have to agree with that. Because, like, um, the stronger power of the sacred feminine is actually very destructive. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Exactly. So, like, like I can be in that. Yeah. So on that topic of sacred flavors, having said what you said, do you feel like then when you're cooking that you're imparting whatever personality and feelings that you have, your oh, pasios, oh, yeah. on your sure. food and, Absolutely. and the other person? We never, first of all, we never cook without music. Yeah, and it's vibe. It's, you gotta set the vibe. I just hate right. kitchens that don't allow music. It and, drives me nuts. Oh, yeah, so, so we're changing the culture in our kitchen. We want to create yeah. a joyous work environment. Um, Opposite of uh, <laughs> modern yeah. kitchen culture. Yeah, yeah. We need to know what the gaucho soundtrack is, please. Okay, right. we'll take Actually, a, we do have a gaucho soundtrack. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to share our soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have kitchens. an iTunes one. If oh, we yeah, can we want to know it. Everybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just can't stand working in kitchens where all you hear is we chef. Yes, oh, chef. We no, chef. No. It's just like, how are you creative? How do you, you know, like you said, pass on that joy if you like have no joy while you're cooking? 100%. Neither do I want to work in a kitchen that just uh, plays Ramstein and um, Night Inch Nails all day, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I like that for working out, though. <laughs> Different setting. Different setting. Because I kind of imagine, you know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with an older movie called like Water for Chocolate, and this woman, and it's a Latin movie as well. Yeah, um, actually, somebody just recently told me I need to watch that. It's so funny. Yeah, that. it's all in Spanish, but there's subtitles for people that don't speak Spanish. Um, but it's about this woman who, whatever she felt, the people that ate her food felt that mm-hmm. literally. Yes. So yeah. it would be like crying in the food and then everybody would cry in the restaurant, <laughs> you know, or That's whatever cool. that was. If she was angry, then people would feel angry, you know, but I totally believe in that stuff. 100%. Me too as well, for sure. And we've even drawn, um, we have a, a gentleman in our kitchen, we call him Papa Rick as a term of endearment because we have another Ricardo in the kitchen and he's, you know, definitely older than us and kind of like a father figure in the kitchen. And he, he talks about food in the same way of just, he feels like food, uh, food is like sex. It should be the best every time. And it should leave a, a memorable experience, like a memorable memory. Mm. Go Papa Rick. <laughs> Go so Papa Rick. We, we all kind of attract the people that want to make delicious food. And, and yeah, we feel like a lot of food doesn't have love. It doesn't have the yeah, sacred flavors. You can taste it when it doesn't have True the love. For and sure. It just feels like devoid of like vital energy. I don't right. know. Soulless. Yeah. Soulless. Mm-hmm. Soulless and purely commercial. It's, mm-hmm. it's easy to say. It's easy, easy to tell. I feel like nowadays it's almost more so because a lot of us are so obsessed with it being pretty because we want it to be Instagrammable or, you know, come across. That's my line of work. Yeah, and it's, and it's your line <laughs> of work. I tell lies. And I tell lies. And I love that. I love beautiful things. Who doesn't love beautiful things? Yeah. But the most important thing about food is how it tastes. Mm-hmm. And in that taste, it's how it makes you feel. And so there just seems to be a lot of soulless food out there because they're just so concentrated on making it super fancy or making it super beautiful when it should be delicious first. And that, and that is definitely a very sensual experience, having yeah, something yeah. that's delicious, right? Delicious, yeah. nutritious, mm-hmm. hits the spot. You it know? starts making Memorable. you even, yeah, create audible noises yeah. when you eat. You start and they're making the same noises. So, yeah, yeah like, sounds mm, of pleasure. Ah, and you close your eyes. <laughs> and you close your eyes, no. yeah. Foodgasm. That's when it hits you. Mm-hmm. Foodgasm. <laughs> Literal. Foodgasm. So when you guys are taste testing, are you saying to each other, like, does this make you... We have sex right now. <laughs> we don't, no. we don't start sex when we're out eating. Now. <laughs> but we do, you know. We, we don't really talk dirty to them. No. <laughs> no. no. I've never tried that. Maybe I will try. <laughs> right? right? But if we well, are testing recipes, if we are testing recipes and we can evoke a sound of pleasure from one of. That's when we that, know we that's hit when it we up know. the spot when we like do a clap or like a woo. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, For that's sure. it right there. Yeah, yeah then we like, know it's going on the menu. You know, and it hits. Yeah, my mentor Mary <laughs> Milligan, she used to always tell me, ask one question: Is it craveable? Mm-hmm. Right. So wow. if it's craveable, then someone's gonna want to come back and have it again, and again. Yeah, I like. It's that not just word. about being delicious; it's craveable. It's like, I like I that. We really want those tacos again. Mm-hmm. You don't even know why. They're right? just, they're craveable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's either a fuck yes or a fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, oh, I don't care either way. You're yeah. forgettable, you know? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Let's make it unforgettable then. Exactly. So, really, where you guys are right now is just, to me, the coolest part of town. Um, how do you guys we feel agree. about being yeah, downtown? Yeah, we feel super oh, we are so happy. We're so happy to be there. Uh, the location is just the epicenter of creativity of artists um we're located at ferguson next to ferguson downtown which is on 11th street and fremont 
So luckily we are technically on Fremont Street, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And next to that, we have Burning Man Art Installations. We have Woo. the CEO of Zappos, that's our neighbor, yeah. uh, Tony Shea. We have a lot of creative influence. Um, and there's a lot of energy, exciting energy going yeah. on at Block. Feels like a lot of things are up and coming to you right now in that neighborhood. Like a lot of focus on that little corner of town. Mm-hmm. We're connected to the alley that connects Bunkhouse Saloon. There's an alley that connects it to Ferguson, and there's a lot of events, cool events that happen there called Pour in the Alley and Market in the Alley. Um, so we're definitely super excited for our location and um, the location itself. It's we call it a magical takeout window, yeah, which is another piece. <laughs> it is great. It's another piece of it that really adds more magic because you walk up and you see bistro lights, and you're outside, and you see the stars, and you see our window. They have a their, swing there too. Oh, temp- that was temporary. We do need to oh, make no. that. We'll bring it. We'll bring a swing back. Yeah. Oh my god, what <laughs> that happened? Was part of a little event. Oh no. Yeah. Who has brought- it now? Oh my god. <laughs> I think that was Freshwater set that up. Shout out to Freshwater. Uh, <laughs> the swing. Cool. We would gonna, like to make a swing, swing permanent at the bunkhouse if you're listening. <laughs> <Cool>. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. downtown. It was kind of awesome. How it was almost like everything we imagined too. It felt like um, when we were first started thinking of a food concept um we were totally picturing like a outdoor setting we didn't want all the we didn't really want a full scale full service restaurant we did imagine just like a we were thinking even like a food trailer permanent somewhere with a cool little outdoor backyard environment and then yeah bunkhouse just like seem to <laughs> appear out of nowhere like oh my gosh this is everything we've dreamed of and it's just a yeah a little takeout window that opens up to this awesome little uh outdoor patio magical uh backyard setting yeah Pretty cool i mean although you know how louis and i and and gerardo know each other is through bizarre and it's a huge restaurant with a huge menu mm-hmm. and there are many things amazing about that you can't even really come close most restaurants can't come close to what that is as, yeah, as an experience, that's an experience for sure. um but for my everyday living, I prefer a small menu. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of not going through a huge, you know, 150 item menu. It's just sometimes I just stop yeah. looking at it. You know, right. I just I can't focus. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, like ADD uh, in the generation or something. But no, I like I that small menu. Mm-hmm. And I like the more casual setting where you don't really have to deal um, with anybody else. You can just get your food and do your own thing and yeah. stay or not stay. I, I love that. Um is it was it because of space that you have a smaller menu or was it because you really just wanted a smaller menu yeah i really just wanted a smaller menu we feel the same way we feel that's where kind of food trends are moving is just a uh simpler menu that you execute extremely well you know and the flavors are just always on point and yeah it makes it so much easier for the kitchen as well just to keep everything fresh as well those gigantic menus. I mean, if you're not a bizarre level restaurant, all that crap is frozen and right. canned. And yeah, it's hard to run a quick service restaurant with like you go to some of those <laughs> diners and it's just like right pick a lane, like a Jerry's Famous Deli or <laughs> yeah. Cheesecake yeah. Factory or something. It, yeah. just, right, it exactly. gives me anxiety looking yeah, at the, I know. the book from, of a menu. From yeah. a chef's perspective, I'm like looking. I'm like, okay, what here does not move? And the I'm like thinking about the ingredients right. that probably mm-hmm. sat there. Right. You exactly. Know? And yeah, we, right. we wanted everything to be made from scratch. So yeah. we make all our churros from scratch. We make all our empanadas from scratch. 
we make all our agua frescas from scratch. We don't buy powders. We don't buy frozen items. We yeah, don't. Yeah, no can. Yeah, we don't. We make everything from scratch. So the th- items that we do have on our menu are all extremely delicious. They're all well done. So, so what's inspiring you guys right now? Just in general, like, is it Ooh, certain kinds question. of music? You know, art, movies, like. I, obviously, I feel like just talking to you these couple minutes that it's everything. But what are some <laughs> right? of the what are some of the like main things your that you're kind of looking at right now and just thinking, wow, how can I make this into something? Hmm. Um, I think the question that that inspires me is how can how can I bring more play into my life? How can I bring more joy? Mm-hmm. And that kind of translates into the concept that we have into the restaurant. Um, we have a beautiful spot that's primarily outdoor seating and we're just getting started. We've only opened, been open six months, but there's a lot of ideas that we want to create of how to recreate those experiences from lightning in a bottle, how to create our own events in our backyard, how to create movement opportunities and more community um, inspired, you know, events that kind of intertwine different, mm-hmm. different people downtown. Uh, so that kind of, that, that's what's exciting for me right now. It's what is, uh, what's the future look like? What are we going to do? What events are we going to throw back there? Uh, that's kind of what I'm excited for. We have Life is Beautiful coming up mm-hmm. uh, in a few weeks. I'm really excited yeah, for that. We're actually, our restaurant's in the footprint yeah. of the festival. Yeah. So I that's just got my press creds yeah. yesterday. Oh, so. cool, nice. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> We're super excited for that too. That seems so up your guys' alley too, the yeah. way that you talk, that mm-hmm. yeah. that would be Life is Beautiful. It just sounds like Gerardo right. and Ricardo. <laughs> right, and it's something that we, I don't know about you, but I've been every single day, every year. It's something I'm like super excited about. I'm so proud of the city for putting that festival on. And right. Making it so cool. And uh yeah, we just are so grateful to be part of it finally on the other side as a vendor. Yeah, you guys are in the footprint itself. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys are yeah so come check us out. Look oh, for gauchos at yeah, Life is Beautiful. For sure. um, in addition to that question, too, we are just, I think Rick and I are both inspired by, we always ask the question, like, how can we evolve ourselves? And we get inspired by all areas of life because we definitely want to grow spiritually and we want to grow yeah, mentally, mentally and we want to grow physically. And we want to hit all the different layers. So we're always inspired. We listen to podcasts in the restaurant before service starts. And then we transition to music. But we're always growing. We're learning. We're always pushing each other. And we're inspired by all of life. There's, you know, we can, we look at everything and see how can we improve in all areas. Yeah. True that. So you guys have super positive attitudes. As Louis was saying earlier, that's not something that's necessarily common in most kitchens. And we've all worked in kitchens that are not like 100%. that. 100%. <laughs> so... How do you guys sort of compartmentalize and unwind? Because we know how, no matter how fun you make your kitchen, at some point it's going to be stressful. Like yeah, whether yeah. when it's you're, just when the you're busy, of the when you're missing something, you know, customers giving you a hard time, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. How do you then just kind of come back to chill and and unwind later on? Usa. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good question. It definitely does get that way in the kitchen sometimes, especially when you have those banging services that full ticket rack for four, five hours. That's a great thing and a bad thing. (laughs) It's both always. Definitely. And you see the guys, they're like, (laughs) don't bring in another ticket. Yeah. (laughs) Space it out. (laughs) Yeah. What was your highest cover? count night i'm just curious we've done over 100 covers done over 100 i don't know if we've ever like locked in the highest maybe like 150 200 maybe on like uh i don't know about 200 we've definitely done over 100 transactions on maybe punk rock bowling i could see Mm, maybe maybe 200 those nights but that was special 
Gotcha. But yeah, um, <laughs> I would say just always kind of having a trying as much as possible to have an awareness in those moments of when you are letting it get the best of you, you know, and you are getting a little bit more snappy or edgy or, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're just clapping back for no reason. It's like, yeah. why are you so mad right now? And and then at the same time, everybody's in that boat. So trying to just um, take stock of like where everybody's at and if everybody's had a break and, you know, had enough water, or ice cold water in those moments can make the world of difference, you know. Um, that's how I kind of try to approach diffusing just those moments when they arise. And then I guess just outside of work, I love just, I love my, I love to just unwind by myself on the couch <laughs> with a nice join and a good TV show. Yeah, <laughs> totally get it. Don't I think we, we were both kind of introspective on that sense where after work we both kind of value our alone time and value Rick and I are both on the same page where we value self-reflection and seeing where we've kind of have dropped the ball and seeing how we can improve both in our personal lives and in both in gauchos. So I think we, I think how we both unwind is having our alone time. And it was a little challenging, uh, the last few months, but now the last few weeks is the first time we've kind of had a little bit more an opportunity and ability to kind of unwind a little bit more. So, right. And I know you're a major yogi. Does that help? Because I feel like more of us need to be doing meditation, yoga, people in the culinary industry. Yeah, we should. Is that one of your ways that you unwind? It was it was a really great um, training tool to be able to deal with the long hours, mm-hmm. to be able to, to ask the question of how can I make work my meditation? Mm-hmm. How can I work for 12 hours a day, six days a week, and make that my meditation? Yeah. Without, really having, a ta- without a having to go to another yoga point. class. Yeah. Because at that point, you don't have time to go to another yoga well, class. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, just asking the question, like, am I tapped into my breath? And always going back 100%. to that. It's great training. I yeah. mean, your practice doesn't only stay on the mat. You take it out where your life is your yoga practice. That's like the basically. true practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, when you see your relationships are flourishing, and your life is peachy and great, and you're glowing people up, then, you know, it's a good <laughs> yoga practice then. All right, so you guys are super meditation. introspective, and you're super happy, you know, like, if you could see them right now, they smile from ear to ear. <laughs> they are glowing. Yeah, it's not just how Voice they sound. <laughs> uh, but as business partners and friends, how do you reconcile when you don't agree, when you have creative differences? How do you stay, like, on the cool, chill vibe? Yeah, good question, because we... It, it's only natural that when you get into a relationship and then you get so deep into a relationship that you're naturally going to experience conflicts and different points of view and everything. And we definitely have. And I think one thing I really value in our business relationship and our friendship is that we're both really open to feedback and we're both really direct and honest. And I like kind of, sometimes maybe it's a little bit of like a challenge for me, I guess, for others, because maybe I'm a little too direct and honest sometimes, but I'm all about just like tackling things head on and then moving forward. And uh, how can, like, let's just address this now. Let's figure out what we can, you know, do or say or, um, act differently the next time this comes up or 
yeah, just really reflect on the situations and then take what we've learned and kind of try to apply it. I think what's really interesting um, to add to that is Ricardo and I, it's Ricardo's birthday tomorrow, which Woo! is September, hey, September 9th. It's my birthday. September 9th. Uh, and my birthday is March 9th. So Ooh. he is my six-month completely on the opposite end so we are 100 yeah, opposites of each yeah, other yeah we are like we are we do have, have a cycle. polarity for sure yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. a polarity of our <laughs> of of that cycle of a year cycle and ricardo is my exact opposite interesting wow. i never thought so, <clears throat> yeah it's kind of something that's like where we come together in such a beautiful way and on so many different levels we also have that complete opposite about us that six month cycle between us and yeah, it definitely shows. And it's something that um, I think in the beginning kind of has shown us where we are opposite. But now what it's showing me specifically is how we can use that op that as a force together and yeah, be stronger together. Yeah. And kind of where he is not so strong, I'm a little stronger. And where he's a little bit stronger and kind of use that as as a way to just become stronger in the business. You complete me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the beginning we kind of represented it as like, I'm kind of more like spacey and Gerardo's way more earthed and kind of rooted, grounded. I'm like way more in my head and imagination and thinking about a hundred years ahead all the time. You're the visionary. Yeah, and so we definitely kind of like balance each other yeah. out for sure. That's awesome. Um, so, so many of us in the culinary industry, our dream is to open a business mm -hmm. as opposed to working for somebody. Mm -hmm. what, are, what is some advice that you have for other young people? Because you guys are relatively young and you know this is a new thing and you've gotten some quick success. So what are some things that you can tell people as you know, people who want to do what you've done? Right. Apart Great from question. like work really hard. Be yeah, we know the work, work, we know the positive really thing. Hard. What else? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, just try it. If you have an idea and you have some burning desire in you that you just can't shake off, shake off. Yeah, yeah. it's like go for it, do it, figure out a way. Um, you'll be surprised that once you commit to something and you start acting on it, the stars start aligning and you create momentum and you start attracting things that add to that momentum and then all of a sudden you're like, look at how far I've come and oh my God, I have a business now. And, but I would also say just from my own experience, um, also the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's very challenging. Um, be prepared. It's not so, it's not as glorious as it looks. Um, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, I want to, oh, it looks so awesome to set my own schedule and be my own business owner and, you know, just have freedom. Like, good luck. No freedom when you have a business. <laughs> it is true. Opposite. Yeah, opposite. <laughs> Guess what? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Got you. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100%. Um, I opened up a food truck almost a decade ago and experienced a tremendous success from that. Um, but then it came to a point we actually, long story short, attracted some investors, opened a couple of restaurants, and it just kind of went a little south, the relationship with the investors. They made a bunch of promises that they didn't really hold up to, and I kind of forced them to buy me out or I 
or I was going to take them to court. <laughs> and um, so we just kind of walked away from that and learning a lot from that after like two, three years of granted, I was younger at the time, like 23, 24. So I just didn't have a large enough perspective to really like get a grasp on everything at that time. And so it was a lot more of a challenge, but I wasn't as, um, uh, my intent wasn't as much sustainability as I was ready just to work 16 hours for like three years straight. It's like, no, that's maybe only possible when you're 23, 24, but I've kind of been on a cool down ever since then for like almost, yeah, six year long cool down after that. But after that, I was totally like so burnt out from owning a business that like just clocking in, clocking out sounded glorious to me and just going, collecting my paycheck, leaving work and not and leaving all of work at work and (laughs) not taking any of it with me mentally and just literally having freedom of my mind when I go home and watch TV and smoke my joint on the couch and literally just get to tune into that only instead of like, oh my God, what's what's the next week's schedule look like for the truck? Uh, What's the the schedule look like for the restaurants? And just a million things and how are we going to grow this? business how what's the next marketing campaign mm-hmm. uh xyz food costs labor costs just like yeah you have to be a special type of person that literally likes chaos in a way mm-hmm. to like want to even manage that storm of information which is owning a business and making it successful now it's kind of a different um now i have a completely different perspective because i have been through it and then i got to the point I guess as humans, we just crave new experiences too. So once you just start doing something for so long, it just, you get a little complacent. So you want to just kind of shake it up a little. So yeah, after clocking in, clocking out and having a really good job with the, uh, worked for Lyft locally as their operations manager for Lyft corporate and kind of, uh, was the first employee in Las Vegas, built out Lyft in Las Vegas, got a great insight into, um, like big, corporate tech culture which is awesome just the way they manage their people and more based on like people profit model based on than just like a monetary profit model more like a culture profit model mm-hmm. um yeah which was awesome insight but then after that it's like back to that lack of fulfillment and like mm-hmm. oh I kind of want to give I do want to do it for myself again yeah <laughs> and now just knowing what just taking everything I learned not to do the first time around, which is kind of necessary in life. You have to fail and adjust your aim, and yeah, you never completely knock something out the park the first time. And yeah, so this time around has been like a really awesome, fulfilling experience because I feel like coming from a place of experience, so I have a way better grasp on everything. And yeah, I see the light at the end of the tunnel with this too, which is hard in businesses sometimes is like, how do we round that corner to profitability eventually? Yeah, I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. I mean, you got what you needed. You had to fail to succeed. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, having that corporate um, being around the corporate yeah, kind of environment, which is what I've done too. It gives you another perspective about how yes. to run a successful business. How do you profit? You know, definitely. 
the only thing I'll add to your question is, um, whatever business it is, if you want to start something, start small and scale. Mm. If you want to own a restaurant, throw a dinner party. I agree. Throw a dinner party. See how uh, that feels. See how that feels. Right. Throw a dinner party once a month. Throw yes. a dinner party once a week. And um, start small and, and keep scaling. And see, in Ricardo's and Ice, in our case, we kind of found the easy, we, we were lucky when we found the easiest entry into owning a restaurant, which we found a kitchen that we were able to lease for a short-term lease. Mm-hmm. We didn't get locked into a five-year lease. We got a, a one-year lease and it was fully equipped. And we got lucky we were in that situation. And this kind of is a gauge of, do we want to take this further? Like it's a, it's a really, it's a good lens to see, cool, do we want a bigger restaurant? Do we want, do you want to continue down this path? And if you want something, that's a good way to do it is it starts small and it keeps scaling bigger and bigger. Yeah. And it also gives you the skill sets because I haven't, this is my first time being a business owner and I've learned so much in the last six months and I don't think I would have been able to learn it if I opened a full scale restaurant. If I just committed to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now that I have this phase under my belt, now I'd be ready for the next level of responsibility. Right. Um, So yeah, start small and scale and keep going bigger and bigger. That's yeah, that's super great awesome advice. advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could even heed that advice too because I sometimes go a little too hard to begin with. It. Yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, yeah, Gerardo was like, maybe we should just focus on dinner to start, and I'm like, no, lunch and dinner and catering and all this. Yeah. Da, 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 we gotta fully scale out right now. <laughs> and he was like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, now we're like, okay, full back to reins a little. Let's uh, focus on dinner. All right, we're going to switch gears to On the Fly. Oh. And this is 60 seconds. Rapid fire questions. Okay. I'm going to start with Gerardo, then okay. Louis is going to go with Ricardo. Yeah. And I'm going to start the Let's timer. Do it. On the Fly with Gerardo Avalos. So I get 60 seconds to answer a question or what? 60 seconds for the whole thing. Okay. Ready? Go. What did you eat last night? What did I eat last night? I was at a barbecue. We had grilled ribeyes, uh, grilled sausages, zucchini, and corn on the cob. Okay. Hobby outside kitchen. Hobby outside the kitchen. My favorite hobby outside the kitchen is movement. Any type of, I love taking classes, yoga, anything, gymnastics, dance, uh, salsa, bachata. Like I love taking movement classes. So Cat or dog person? Originally dog, I'm starting to love cats though. Ooh, Louie. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Ooh. My guilty pleasure right now is the cashew cardamom cream from Gem. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Favorite thing to do in Las Vegas? Favorite thing to do in Las Vegas? Uh, I like to hike in Mount Charleston. Best food city? Best food city. Vegas, duh. <laughs> Favorite local Las Vegas <laughs> restaurant right now? You can't say yours. Uh, Esther's Kitchen. Awesome. We had James Trees on a couple weeks ago. Ooh, yeah. nice. Louie. Hey, hey. Your turn. Ricardo. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Ready? 60 Ready. seconds. Go. Cat or dog person? Uh, same boat, actually. I was always a dog person, but now I'm gravitating towards cats. Less responsibility. What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Oh, uh, warm coconut oil massages. Oh, wow. Hello. Okay, best tool in your kitchen? My new chef knife that Gerardo just got me for my birthday. Thanks, Ooh. Gerardo. Oh, oh. It's a Japanese oh my blade. God, that's great. Must take pictures. That's amazing. Look I, at that. I love how chefs so always like, they want knives. Right? <laughs> that's all we want. <laughs> okay. I've never had an actual chef knife. Moving on. 
Death row meal, what would it be? Uh, what's that? Death row meal. Death or last, last meal. Last meal. Death row, yeah. Death row. Last meal. supper. 60 seconds. Oh. <laughs> Total. <laughs> I don't know. What do you have to have? What's craveable to you? Just, uh, Ask Gaucho's. What would Gaucho have? Honestly, a beautifully cooked ribeye. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Oh, Timer. Take it. I'll, I'll do one more. One more. Go ahead. Most inspiring chef, dead or alive? Most inspiring chef. I think I think her name's Christina Martinez in um, Phil, it's like South Philly. She has a she won a Bon Appetit or I think Bon Appetit top ten best restaurants in America, and she just has a little barbacoa taco stand Whoa. that just serves legit. I heard about her. Barbacoa. She's a yeah. It's like an old family mm-hmm. skill set. Yeah, I hate even using this term, but she's a illegal immigrant not like yes. undocumented it's an amazing everything story. and she's on chef's table on Netflix. Yeah, that's amazing. She's probably my most ins- the most inspiring chef. But Francis Malman's another one Francis that was Malman. a really big yeah, he's kind uh, of inspiration a for mm-hmm. us and Gauchos actually. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much Gerardo and Ricardo from Yo, Gauchos Steak and Flavors downtown. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate yeah. y'all. Yeah. Come visit us. We're downtown on Fremont and 11th Street. We're open Monday through Saturday, 5, 6 to midnight yeah, for dinner. Yeah, do it. And come awaken your taste This happens to come out before Life is Beautiful. I don't know if it will, but we'll be at the festival, so check us out there, too. Louie, yeah. how do we keep in touch? You can get us Two Sharp Chefs on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a microphone, and on our email address at Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. Peace, love, and chicken grease. See you later. Woo! <laughs>